This is the 77 WABC minicast. Good morrow, everybody. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Tomorrow is Halloween. I enjoy Halloween. Halloween's a lot of fun. It's um, I think it's especially fun if you're a child. Uh, and, um, you know, if you're an adult and you have no children, eh, I don't know. I don't know that I would do much of a big thing. To me, I like to... I really like horror movies, as we uh, explored during our horror movie panel on uh, Friday the 13th. That's kind of my speed. I like to stay home, watch a horror movie, and give candy to the trick-or-treaters. That's it. You know, when I was more in the uh, young and uh, going out all the time stage, you know, it would be kind of fun. So there were some good parties. But it's honestly, even when I was in the young going out stage, it was not really me. But... Once you have a child, it's really a whole different dimension. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to uh, have him uh, ring neighbors' doorbells. It's fun to show his costume off to people that, um, you know, the people that, that would want to see it. It's it's great. It's great. It's a, He gets a big kick out of the candy and things like that. He's been practicing saying trick-or-treat, and it's great to see his development and his gradual increased understanding of how Halloween works because initially he thought basically it was begging for food. So he kept just saying, practicing by saying, please. And then he now I think realizes hopefully that you have to say trick or treat. So we'll see where this goes. But um, there was an interesting article in the New York times about five days ago by Jessica Gross who I I love a lot of her work. She had what I thought was a phenomenal piece. She's the former parenting editor there, and she's still, I guess, an occasional columnist. She's written books. Very, very interesting woman. And, well, her writing's interesting. I don't know what she's like. But she is begging parents to stop micromanaging Halloween. That's the headline. Stop micromanaging Halloween Let your kids be free. And look, we have seen this trend ever since parents started checking their children's Halloween candy for tampering back when I was a child. Do you know how many children have been poisoned by a stranger's candy in all that time? Zero. Zero! Over the decades, the meddling has gotten much more intense. So there's, um, she writes, and honestly, I have to be honest, I didn't know about this at all. Do you know what the switch witch is? Well, Jessica Gross writes about something called the switch witch that she started hearing about a few years ago. Have you heard of this? If you're not hip to this, which I was not, She is the Halloween cousin of that narc, the elf on the shelf, which is a symbol of the combination of child surveillance and endless materialism that dictates so much of American parenting these days. So the switch witch works like this. 
your child goes out trick-or-treating, collecting as much candy as he or she can fit in a bucket, you let your kid pick out a small sample of that, you know, of that haul, maybe five pieces, and then overnight, the rest is replaced by some kind of present, maybe a toy. Apparently, you can't just tell your children to limit their candy intake, if that's important to you. You have to buy them something else and then surreptitiously swap it in and come up with a backstory about it as well. Oh, my goodness, that sounds terrible. So, um, I mean, the Switch Witch lets the kids choose a few pieces of candy and you swap it out for copies of, uh, I don't know, something else. Um. But it seems like every holiday, and I'm reading from this Times piece, which I'm going to link to. It's really, I'm really good. I thought it was really well written. If you want to read it, go to facebook.com slash Morano fan. That's facebook.com slash Morano fan. And if you don't have a Times subscription or a friend's password that has a Times subscription, just go to archive.ph. I'm so, I've repeated this before. And yet I keep posting these articles and people keep saying, paywall, paywall. Go to archive.ph. You can paste the article in there and read it for free. It's really incredible. I'm waiting for them to catch on and put a stop to this. But anyway, um, it seems like every holiday, even the ones that are supposed to have a heavy component of unsupervised mischief, it's dominated by increasingly baroque and expensive Parent-led rituals. Because it's not just the switch witch. It's booing your friends and neighbors, creating gift bags that you leave on their doorsteps with instructions that they must boo other people. I'm sure there are other trends that I don't even know about yet, but this is some of them. So Gross quotes a Washington Post columnist who wondered, when did Halloween turn into a week-long extravaganza with elaborate homemade costumes, multiple parties and parades, all chaperoned by parents? When did most of childhood become adult chaperoned? And then Gross tells us exactly where this excess of assistance, intervention, and supervision lands us. And uh, at the feet of Dr. Peter Gray and the recent Journal of Pediatrics article that he authored outlining how a lack of independence is making kids anxious and depressed. And it's been happening for decades. And look, we've covered this with Lenore Skenazy from Let Grow. And I think she's right on the money. And I think Jessica Gross is right on the money. She writes 60 years ago. Children were allowed to do much more on their own from a young age. They walked or biked to school in elementary school. They were allowed to babysit or have paper routes by 11 or 12. There was less homework and youth sports hadn't quite morphed into today's youth sports industrial complex. So kids had more fun, had more unstructured time to be outside and make their own fun away from adults. The pediatrics author, Dr. Gray, theorized that a lack of independent activities negatively affects a child's internal locus of control. Internal 
LOC, locus of control, refers to a person's tendency to believe they have control over their life and can solve problems as they arise. In contrast to external LOC, which is a tendency to believe their experiences are ruled by circumstances beyond their control. They explain, when children aren't allowed to do things on their own, they may have a weaker internal LOC, and that is highly predictive of certain levels of anxiety and depression. So there's a logic here that I think makes perfect sense, and I think people should understand this, which is that you're taking away the opportunity for kids to have control over what they're doing because you're always controlling them. They're always in school or they're in school-like activities or they're at home and not allowed to go out and do things on their own. You know, my son, our son is only two, and my wife let him play in the backyard by himself yesterday. And I I thought that was great. You know, we kept the windows open so we could hear what he was up to. And if he wanted something, he would call to us. And obviously, he's very familiar with the backyard. We've played with him back there a million times. But we're in the house. The gate's locked, right? And uh, I thought it was just a wonderful way to get started with independence. And I'm very proud that my son likes to do things on his own. Now, we're not going to let him go trick-or-treating on his own at two. But by the time he's seven, eight, nine, you better believe we will. So um, Halloween, I think, is an opportunity for parents to be to intentionally teach their children to look both ways before crossing the street, not to search for razor blades in Reese's peanut butter cups, because cars are the biggest threat on Halloween. Not strangers and not razor blades. And once they're seven, eight, or nine, they can do that activity that's the most thrilling thing in their young lives. You can be adults for one night.